Welcome to Straight From The Horse's Mouth, where we cut the BS and give you the truth all about sports. I'm Eric Radish, hosting this show with Bryce Olden. What's up, what's up, what's up, people? We are back in the building for episode 32. We're going to have a fun episode for everybody. Uh, today is going to be it's going to be a good one. It's going to be an exciting one. Uh, but just to kick things off, you know how we do the song of the day. The song of the episode today is going to be Superstar, throwback song, Lupe Fiasco featuring Matthew Santos. Uh, you, once we talk about what we're going to talk about later, it'll explain why, but Superstar, that's the song for today, but let's get into it. Obviously, with everything going on amidst, you know, this this week, the sport, sports, I, I was expecting it to slow down, Eric, mm-hmm. but it didn't, but it didn't. I mean, a lot, it was a lot, it was a lot of college football stuff this week, but I could, I, I could care less, uh, you know, it was a lot of, it was a lot, I was expecting to kind of be a down, a dead period, obviously, they got the normal NFL things, but even the NFL stories weren't that much. And in, in case anybody's th- wondering, we're not going to do a score recap every single week like we used to be doing. Just because if you want to figure that out, you, you'll you see it. And number two, it takes up a ton of time when it's just like, you know what, if you watch ESPN or you want to check it out, you know, go ahead and visit. We're just not going to spend you know, an hour and a half talking about the scores of every single game. Just just throwing it out there. We want to talk about the news, what's happening because of games, because of different things going around different leagues. Right. And plus, it's just like I said, if it's newsworthy, we'll talk about it, but... Right now, I just don't feel like there's anything really crazy newsworthy. Um, obviously, we'll recover it next week, but right now, it's not the case. But but the one sport that I was expecting not to really do much on right now, because obviously, baseball's free agency is starting to heat up and whatnot. We're going to talk about that probably down the road or next episode. But there is a breaking uh, story that's kind of happening in, in Chicago. The White Sox, obviously, as everybody know, the White Sox hired uh, Tony La Russa, which kind of... Uh, the formal, uh, obviously, the formal Cardinals manager, obviously, like I said, me and Eric are from St. Louis, so we're very familiar with Tony La Russa. Uh, won two champ, two World Series, two championships here in, in St. Louis, but he hasn't managed since the World Series of 2011. He's been like retired. Which, I know he's been like a yeah, which he should have. I mean, he, he, I mean, he won the World Series in 11 and retired on top. That's the best way to me for anybody to go out. But then um, a few years later, he yeah he became part of baseball operations. For the Oakland, uh, I'm sorry, that's not true. I can't. He became he became the baseball operations manager for another team. I know he's with the Angels. That, so oh, that was the Angels. It was with the. I'm sorry. Yeah. So he, so he became the part of baseball operations president for the Angels after being a manager, and then after that, for some reason, this this this. Few days ago, actually, the White Sox decided they wanted him to be the manager. I guess he thought it was a good time to step back into the game. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'm with you. I didn't honestly. I, I have a. I had a different reaction than most people. Again, probably from my bias because I'm from St. Louis, but I didn't think it was a bad a bad move. I mean, you got a championship caliber manager. Yes, he's old, but he has proven to win. He's won three World Series in two different de- in three different decades. He won a World Series with the A's in the '80s. He won a World Series with the Cardinals in the, in the 2000s. Then he won a World Series with the Cardinals again in the 2010s. And like he has shown, he has shown the ability to adapt to different, you right. know, different eras, different decades. Right. Right? And obviously, so, he being a coach since 1978, obviously it works because he started with the White Sox actually back in 1978. People didn't realize that, and then went to the A's, and then went to the Cardinals. So he's been around for a long, long time. And most managers are kind of old sometimes, but he obviously, you know, like like you said, being around so long, he's He's got knowledge. He knows what, what he's doing. 
Right. And like Eric said, he was with the Angels. So it wasn't like he was completely out of baseball. It wasn't like he was just chilling at his couch at home and they called him up. It was like, hey, you, you, would you mind managing? It's like he, he's been a part of it. He's been around the game. He just wasn't managing. Um, and that's actually not the actual story, right? Because the day, the next day, the next day he got charged with the DUI stemming from uh, an incident that happened in Arizona back in, I believe, oh, February. It was a right? day before. But, well, he was he was day before. The oh, day the, before. So they've been talking. They've they no, been chilling. Right. The day before, They've been having right. drinks, you know, talking about the, the day before. You know, if anybody knows about getting a job, you know, whether it's a manager for a job or you're trying to work at, you know, the gas station, whatever. The day before he goes in to actually get the job. What happened before has happened yet again with him is he gets charged with the DUI at the age of 76. And, uh, and, 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 you know, top of that, because people don't like the way, like, I guess the, the footage of the deal, you know, the arrest, whatever came out and he pulled the whole, you know who I am, which I would have did the same thing personally. Like, I don't know how it works to be somebody of stature, of status, but if, if, if I ever if I ever got pulled over or something, I, you best believe I'm a pull to. Hey, you know I'm so and so, right? Just saying. I don't know if that's gonna change your mind in anything. Please. <laughs> but yeah, you know I mean, I'm just saying. Like I'm I'm him. You know what I mean? You see the guy on that? Po- that's me. Just just point. You know, you see the guy from the from the horse's mouth podcast. That's the, everybody listening to. That's me. I don't know if you want to pull me over. You don't have to. You know what I mean? I can let it be slide or whatever. Just so you know what I mean. I would do that. So I didn't have a problem with him doing that. Um, so, and then obviously, so I just want to give a little bit of the story though, real quick. So he's seventy six. He was charged with the DUI uh, last month, the day before he was hired as the White Sox manager. So according to the arrest, um, after he blew out a tire on the Arizona highway, and then he showed a blood alcohol level of point zero nine above the legal limit of point zero eight. Um, he hasn't made any comments about that. Um, he says he has nothing to say. So that's what he told ESPN. Um, so that that's interesting, but that's so like I was saying, that was his second arrest on a DUI charge. He received one during spring training in 2007, while manager of the Cardinals pleading to misdemeanor DUI in that incident. So he's kind of had. I mean, not like he not, not, it's not like he gets pulled over every single year, every now and then for. A DUI. I mean, it happened once back in 07. But the thing is, is this has happened to him before. But the White Sox, I mean, even though it looks like he is still hired as their manager, they're just kind of kind of let this play out. They've been saying they're going to let this legal process play out on Tony Lewis's DUI case. And if you want any more information, Michael Wilborn kind of opened up that whole thing. And he says they, that he thinks the White Sox should back out of the deal with the Lewis. I'm not going to talk about that because I don't really know the White Sox situation too much. But they're going to let the legal case play out, which I think is interesting. Like you were saying with the whole, you know, I'm LaRussi, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're on the same team. Unless he's a Cubs fan, of course, that really doesn't matter. But uh, this is just my thoughts, right? And plus, people brought up people brought up the fact that um, the fact that he had some comments a couple years ago about Colin Kaepernick. You know what I mean? He felt like Colin Kaepernick was doing it for clout or whatever. And again, I can't fault him for that either because I was I was, like I said I was alive and alert and having meaningful discussions when Colin Kaepernick was taking that knee and stuff. And I, I was in college during that time, and very educated people. Extremely educated people, people who are smarter than who I would deem almost smart, smarter than me, didn't get it. Didn't understand what Colin Kaepernick was doing. So I, I damn sure ain't gonna expect some old, you know, white guy to understand what he was doing. So I didn't, I, I didn't, not, I'm not holding <laughs> that against him, him either. So, 
my 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 thing is, Eric. My, my question to you is, if you're the Chicago White, because the process, because I know the process, is, they said they're going to wait for the process to pay out. It's a it's a simple process. You get charged with a DR, probably gonna serve ten days in jail, may have to pay a fine. May, you know what I mean? Some it's gonna be some some simple, something that he's gonna be able to take care of before the season starts. So that's not really an issue. It's if you're the White Sox, you have this very talented team. Do you do you want to bring Tony Larusa in in or do you back out and try to find somebody else? What do you do? You know, they were seventy two and eighty nine in their full in the last full season of nineteen. Obviously, twenty twenty they lost to the A's on their seventh seed spot to. No, I'm sorry, their yeah seventh seed spot to to win. Right? Is that right? They were seven seeders, so they they had obviously made some improvements. But to me, I feel like it's more because and because it's baseball and there is no cap. You have to win at the MLB level, and I think that you know if they're gonna let this process play out, I think yeah. I don't see him as a toxic person in the locker room. I see him making a bad mistake, which I think he should be held accountable for. Absolutely, they're gonna let that legal process play out. I have no problem with that. But to me, if you feel like you can win at the MLB level, especially since the White Sox haven't been to the World Series in 2005, no, they won in 2005. So, so yeah, they won. Yeah, it's not like they're they've been out of the game for a while. But I mean, since then, yes. Um, nobody expected the White Sox or the Astros to even be in the World Series in 2005 at that time. So, I... Well, the Astros, well, yeah, but not I the mean, White Sox. A lot of people didn't pick the White Sox, I'm just saying. Unless you're a White Sox fan. Yeah. The Yankees were still cruising at that point in time. So, yeah. what I'm saying is, is yeah, I think, like, I think you go through with it. I think you make it very clear in his contract, though. I don't know how you want to change it based on, like, time period. But I think you maybe even add that to the contract. Like, look... I don't, look, I don't think he's locker room. I don't think he's locker room toxic. He's a great manager. He's proven that. Okay, he's had, he's had some of the best managing seasons ever. I mean, the Cardinals won 109 games in 2004. That was, ins- I mean, that was insane. I mean, he's coached great players: Mike McGuire, Jose Canseco, despite the steroids. But Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, Albert Pujols, Jim Edmonds, Scott Rowland, a lot, a lot of these other guys. I think you go through with it, but I think, but I think they're doing the right thing. I, honestly, I can't change their answer. You let this play out legally. But you know what? If you think you can win at the MLB level, which owners need to do that, especially if they want to make money, which, you know, baseball is, I don't know how many people are just in it just for the wins. Um, I think, I think that, I think, yeah, you go with him still. Cause that's what's going to bring, that's, if you're a White Sox fan, you're not going to, you know, look at that too much. Like it may bum you out, you know, but, but when, when someone told me about the whole 2007 thing, I wouldn't really worry about too much about it. I, you know, I heard about it was like, dang, that's weird. But that, that's all it is. I have, you know, autographs in my room with Tony LaRue, so I still, you know, love that. So I think the White Sox just keep what they're doing here, just see how that plays out, and then they can go from there. But I think if you want to win, you keep them still. Just be very cautious about how that whole contracting goes. Right, and, and like I said, I, I agree. I, and and, it's, and it's, it's weird because we're we're in the minority. Like, I'm listening to, I've listened to all the other pundits and analysts, and they all are like, oh, yeah, you should just get rid of them. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, hold on. Right. Let me get this straight. The White Sox haven't, like I said, they won last night was 2005. I think they haven't made the playoffs in God, before this season. They hadn't made the playoffs in a god knows. It took a forever. It, like I think, <laughs> I think from the 05 season to, to today, they like, made it like once or twice. And the they only made reason they were even in it this year is because of the extended process. That was the only reason that they were in it as a seventh seeder. That doesn't that doesn't happen in baseball. You have four seeds, maybe five or six. As a seventh seed, they eat their way in. And on top of that, you have a really good team, right? You got Jose Abreu, who was the AL MVP this season. 
You got Tim Anderson, Yasmani, Yasmani Grandel, Louis Robert. Like you got a, you got a really talented team. Lucas Giolito threw the no hitter this year. You have a really talented team, right? Ain't no more excuses. If I'm like if I'm the if I'm the the, the White Sox at this point, I don't care. Like I don't, I wouldn't care. Like we got Tony, we want Tony Larusa. He's a proven manager. We're trying to win. That's the name of the game. You know what I'm saying? Like all the other stuff, y'all can keep. Like if I'm for real, like if I'm Chicago, if I'm the White Sox, I'm not. I'm not trying to be the moral police. <laughs> I'm no more. Cause more being the moral right. police don't get you nothing. You know what I mean? Like the Astros said, screw y'all. We gonna do what we do. We gonna win this World Series. I can like it how you want to. Guess what? Despite guess what, Eric? Despite all the stuff that happened to the Astros, guess what? You go to the building. You go to the building today. Guess you gonna see that World Series trophy in Absolutely. there. Absolutely. It's still sitting right up in there. Get, Get polished every day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It ain't no such thing as 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 more as moral victories. Not in not in sports. No 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 no. Only thing that counts in sports right. are wins and losses. I wish it was the other way around. I wish you could be this that and and you know all high and mighty. But no, hey, we ain't perfect. I might I might advocating for DUIs. Obviously, that's a serious thing. If he does have a problem, I don't know if he does. But if he does have a problem, he needs to get that taken care of. But if you're the White Sox with all this talent that you have. With all the playoff misses that you that you you know that you haven't been able to take part of since winning the World Series, you think this is the guy to go well, for? Let me expand on that because, by the way, they made the playoffs in 2008 with the 89-74, and they lost in the first round. Since then, they haven't been back. In fact, they even lost 100 games. Over they lost over 90 games three times in between, four times in between the World Series championship and now. Uh, they had 90 in 2007. They had 99 in 2013, and then capped on 100 in 2018. So they were in then 89 last. 2019, so barely capping that there. And I want—I do want to change a little bit of that. I think if it's a locker room, a locker room hazard, then there's something about it because we see that with the NFL a lot. That these guys are great, great players, and they help the teams out, but locker room wise, they don't. So Tony Larusa may have an issue possibly drinking because, like I said, it's the second DUI, but obviously he's a you know manager, so it's going to catch attention. But he's not bad in the locker room. He does win. And because of where we're at with sports, despite, you know, everyone wants to come down on these people, the White Sox are looking, I think, to make a change. They were 35-25 and 25 with this little 60-game thing we did this year. They lost in the first round, of course, some sort of wild card thingy, whatever you want to call it. So they've only had one winning season since 2008. So it's been, you know, 12 years since they've even gotten close, by the way, gotten close. And like I said, this year, I don't even want to count it. So despite everyone saying, like, oh, you know, that, he's going to catch the flag for that, like, back out that contract. I don't know. I don't, if I'm an owner, I want to win, and he's got a DUI. It's a serious thing. I know that, yes, people die in accidents all the time. And I've never known anybody, so I'm not going to speak and say it's not that big a deal. It's a huge deal. Huge deal. Let me just say that. Huge deal. If Because – but I'm. But let me tell you something. I'm going to talk about what happened. What happened is he, he blew out a flat tire and got pulled over. That's it. I'm sorry. For right now, that's what I'm going to stand at. All right? So you may not like that, but that's what I'm going to stand at. I'm going to say go through with the contract. Because you want to win at the MLB level. I think right now the White Sox are looking for something like that for the last 12 years. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, um, I think that's perfect. Yeah, we're going to leave it at that as well. And try to transition. Now, the Houston Rockets. Now, the Houston Rockets have had uh, a very eventful offseason, Eric. I think that's to, to say the least. Now, we've we've talked about we, – we've been keeping up with the Houston Rockets as far as all the moves they made, right? From them getting bounced out in the bubble unceremoniously right. to the Lakers, right? To Mike to Mike D'Antoni resigning, and I'm doing that in air quotes, by the way. To um, Daryl Morey stepping down to be with his family 
only to to, to sign uh, on with the Philadelphia 76ers. So I guess he didn't like his family. Like, well, he got home and realized, and then, you know what? Yeah, that's not his <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, this ain't going to work. All right, I'll change my mind. Um, and then for that, then they hired uh, the new coach, uh, Silas, mm-hmm. right? And now we have this developing story within the last. Not, I don't think it's a surprise. But it's just more of it's kind of all coming to a head because of the draft is coming up and the season is coming up quicker than everybody expected. But pretty much the gist is Russell Westbrook and James Harden are pretty much ready to go. They pretty much don't want to be in Houston anymore. Uh, I guess I guess James Harden's mind his 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 Houston time is running its course, and I guess Russell Westbrook pretty much just said, "Nah, it's not gonna work." But yeah, they both went out, and it's getting like every day is getting ramped up and ramped up. Like news, like reports came out today that Harden has the Nets at the top of his list. So that'd be kind of interesting. That'd be I, crazy. I don't know if I'd like that personally uh, because I don't uh, see Kyrie trio. and uh, James Harden getting along. But it looks like he might be a ring hunt thing. So I'm just saying, for that instance of what he says, but also um, every, everything was fine by the way. I just want to point that out when they left the bubble. Everything was cool. They were cool to run it back. Okay. The chemistry apparently, which again, yeah. you know, we don't know, was fine between him and Jace Harden um, in the first season in Houston. was not a bad year despite falling short of reaching their still James Harden championships goal. But the next day, they left the bubble. He on a he flew separately to L.A., which seems like everything happens in L.A. And then two months later, he's just like, you know what? He don't want he don't want to join the Rockets anytime soon. So I don't know how that. So now he wants out. Um, so the last image we may have as Russell Westbrook in a Houston Rockets jersey could be, and I quote, image of him getting to a verbal altercation with Rajon Rondo's brother. So <laughs> interesting things for Russell Westbrook in his future. But and and I don't think anybody's surprised by the Russell Westbrook thing. I don't think no. I don't think that surprised anybody. But I am surprised about James Harden because I do feel like. The Rockets appeased him in a lot of ways. They brought in Mike D'Antoni, who, whether he likes it or not, made him an MVP, right? They, um, mm-hmm. they trade. You know what I mean? They gave you defensive play. Their best season, they gave you defensive players, so you didn't have to play as much defense, right? They, they, you didn't want Chris Paul on the team anymore. They traded him. They brought in your boy. That's their friends. They brought in your boy Russell Westbrook. They made y'all. They you guys probably didn't want to have Clint Capella for you guys wanted more room to operate. They traded him. You know what I'm saying? So they Houston appeased them a lot. So it feels like if I'm Houston, it would feel like a slap in the face a little bit because it's like, wait a minute, dude, hold on. We did all of this for you, right? We and and also let's not include. They also got rid of Dwight Howard because they didn't get along as well. So it's not like I mean they did a lot. They made a lot of moves, right? James Harden has been there that to appease him. So if I'm Houston, if I'm if I'm Tillman Fertitta, I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm gonna feel some type of way. Like if I if I trade you, I, first of all, I don't know if I may be a little bit petty. I don't know if I'm gonna just trade you though, just the Nets, just because you say that's where you want to go. You know what I mean? I may mess around and trade you to Atlanta or somewhere. Yeah, Atlanta, like, second string because they're gonna keep yeah, but so what, oh, so if boy. you all right, Eric. So I'm, I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna I'm right. gonna put you in, in in the GMO, which we're gonna which we're gonna be kind of real soon anyway. But I'm gonna put your GMO for the Houston Rockets. What, what your two stars say they want out? What's your next move? What are you doing? All right. So the one thing I, I gotta think about is okay. You know what? I don't mind that it's gonna hurt me, but but I just gotta think about he's not a free agent, right? right? No, neither he are. Neither are. He cannot. 
Right. Harden is one thing. He's given his he, he's given his guts to Houston. It hasn't worked out. So I might try to talk him into stay, but that's about all I got for him. I'll expand on that later. But right now, he's not a free agent at Westbrook is who can control his destiny. All right, so the only way out for Westbrook is by trade. Someone's got to take on his massive $132 million contract. Okay? $47 million. I mean, that that's a big contract. There's, there's very few teams that can get that. So right now, the only teams that have emerged as potential suitors that, I, that I've been looking at are the New York Knicks and the Charlotte Hornets. Both franchises are, you know, trying to get a star caliber player with the organization, and they have the space to do that. Um, but the only problem is the Knicks or the Hornets also don't have the assets to exchange that would keep the Rockets competitive. So if I'm a GM, my, obviously my, my goal is to have guys win. Okay, I just lost my coach, which obviously hasn't been working out. Now I have both of my players who are basically I've been riding on out. So as a GM, I'm going to say, okay, Even though Knicks and Hornets may have the space, I'm gonna to look to trade Westbrook before anybody else. I want, I want, I'm, and I'm gonna appease the Harden. I want him to understand. Look, man, we made that move for you. You know, you like Westbrook. We brought him in. I want you. You know, I want him to stay. See if I can say. You know, I want to try to work with him. Say if I get with Westbrook, you know, I can bring some other assets. And do you think that would help you stay? But the thing is, is yeah, I, I agree with you. What you said earlier as a GM, I'm gonna say, okay, I'm gonna get rid. Of, I'm gonna get rid of Russell Westbrook. Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say take into consideration how much he wants to go, where he wants to go. I don't really care where he wants to go. Okay, if you want to be out of here, look, you can. He cannot play, right? He has that decision not to play. So I'm not gonna play around with this whole little, you know. Come on, yeah. Westbrook wants out. He's out. Okay, he's got. A, he's a bit of a character, right? He's got a lot of emotion. So I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm, a, I'm. I'm giving it to the highest bidder. Whoever wants him can have him. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll work out the details later. What kind of assets you want to give me? But as long as you can take care of that forty-seven million dollar contract, get that off my books, I'm cool with that. James Harden, I'm I'm gonna beg him to stay. I'm gonna beg James Harden to stay. I built the organization around him. I still want it to be around him. I still think we can win a championship with him. I can get a ton of assets that will fall perfectly into Ron with what James Harden wants. And that's how I'm gonna handle that. But the highest bidder gets Westbrook for some decent assets. And you know what? I might they might even lowball me and might take that because I'm not gonna have this dude up in here not playing because he's unhappy with the situation because maybe he lost or something. I don't know. I mean, I mean you were playing the Lakers, but you what are you gonna do? You you had four for thirteen and ten points in your last outing. You're not a good shooter, and I think a point guard needs to be a good shooter. That's the only re- that's the only thing I hold Westbrook against that. You can ask any of my friends. I'm not a big fan of Westbrook because he can't shoot the ball very effectively. So. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna give Westbrook the high, highest bidder, even take a low ball deal maybe. And I really don't care where he wants to go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send him where he needs to, where I, where I want him out of here. And then I'm gonna beg James Harden to stay. If James Harden wants to move. I might, I'll take into consideration more of where he wants to go. But I'm gonna definitely need some high assets back. So if he wants to go to, if he wants to go to, you know, um, Brooklyn, then I might need one of their stars to come back, or I'm gonna need. Or we're gonna need to work out a three-team deal where I get some, where I get somebody in there. So that that's how, as a GM, I'm really tentative and I'm really upset because my whole team's gonna fall apart now because two players said they went out. And I understand it; it's a tough losing, but we've had years to try to get this fixed. And I brought in player after play after player with Harden, and he's not happy. And Westbrook is just a character, so that's how I'm gonna do it. Leave it there. So I'm I'm a bit different as far as how 
I would approach it. First of all, I, I'm not begging nobody. They're both under contract, so I, I could care less about that. Um, players, so I, I am a first of all. I should be acknowledged. I am a I am pro player, right? I'm pro player movement, pro player money, whatever. Anything the players want, that's what I'm pro for. But I'm also I'm not for players who I felt like have not lived up to their uh, promise, right? James Harden has had, and I'm a Harden fan, but he's definitely had some playoff failures. Like, he, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's not like like Houston has done. Houston as an organization has done enough for they they should have won a championship by now, in my opinion. Like, they've done enough. They well, they could at least went to the been to the finals when they lost to the Warriors. Right. They were three two. So, you know what I mean? So it's it's not like they haven't done anything. So if I'm if I'm Houston, first of all, James Harden, we're not trading you. So you can stop that right now. I don't care about right. your list. You know what I mean? And if, right. and what, if, I'm, what I'm at about big is just is I'm gonna make it very clear that I want him to stay. Is all I'm saying. I wouldn't. You know, like it was just, I wouldn't even say that. I'd be like, all right, bro. Uh, we'll, we'll reconvene this when you're almost coming to your contract. But as long, just like Jerry, <laughs> just like Jerry West told Kobe Bryant when he wanted to get traded back in the day, just like Danny Ainge told Paul Pierce when he go back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, we'll like you're staying. We're not trading you. And it both worked out for them. Like Russell Westbrook, we're gonna trade you. We was gonna trade you anyway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you ain't gotta yeah, worry about that. And honestly, with Russell Westbrook, although he's it's it's weird. Russell Burst, Russell, I'm sorry, Russell Westbrook. He's one of those stars where, as great as he is, everybody knows kind of the book is out on him. So no team right. is really gonna give you. You're gonna get screwed. Like you got like like the like the Thunder got lucky. You know what I mean? Like they kind of got lucky because. They they Chris Paul had a had a bounce back season and they made they honestly no 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 offense to Chris right. Paul but the bigger thing for the Thunder was the fact that they got shy uh, shy Gazelle again that was a real big the big thing they got got but I don't really know I know um I know Nick said that they'll take on Russell Westbrook's contract but like you said they really. They really ain't got much that I want. Like if I'm if I'm if I'm Houston, like, yeah, you can give me Mitchell Robinson. You know what I'm saying? I, I thought that he may be a free agent, but if he's not, you can give me Mitchell Robinson. So at least I can have a defensive big, and maybe I'll take you know Kevin Knox or even Frank Nealakitina. I don't know how pronounce his name, but 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 my point is, is maybe you can have a cap space though, forty seven million dollars off your books. Like I said, one is that'll help Harden stay because now he can you can you can say, look, Harden, we got forty seven million dollars and a player to play with, you know. So, you know, I'm just saying let's let's check out free agency or even the draft and see if we can work it out that way. Because because like I said, I'm not gonna beg Harden to stay. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll withdraw that statement because like you said, he's under contract. Um, but I, I think he'll be more inclined to stay, maybe despite you know to see if we can bring somebody else in and kind of make him. You know, feel a bit a bit, bit better about his situation, and and don't get it twisted. Like if, and I know he said that the Nets are, are a primary player in this. If I'm Houston and I trade him to the Nets, I'm gonna bleed the Nets dry. Oh, like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not gonna like. You like, give me Kyrie, or you give me Durant. Well, they're not gonna do that. Then the Nets not gonna do that. But I'm I'm gonna yeah. take I'm gonna take everybody else. Like all right, you can have Harden. I'm gonna need Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis <laughs> Levert, and a draft right. pick this year. Like I'm, a, I'm taking your whole supporting cast. Like you gonna have to compete with Joe Harris and Garrett Temple as your supporting cast. You know what I mean? Or pick up some guys at the veteran. Yeah, it's gonna be, a, it's gonna be a three. It's gonna be three and a half on five. You roll with that. It's gonna be a Miami Heat situation for LeBron. Like I'm, a, I'm gonna take. You know, they're gonna have to get a bunch of veterans for the low. Cause I'm gonna take all your young talent. You're not keeping none of the young guys. All of them gonna come to me. All of them. You know what I'm saying? But. Yeah, it's just we're going to keep up with that situation because obviously with the season kind of right around the corner, 
and we'll talk about free agency more in depth as once the actual uh, free agency period actually opens because it's still not open as of right now. But so, I go ahead. Yeah, so basically the point is we're going to get Westbrook at some point in time, and we're going to see how it works out with Harden. But as far as we're concerned, Harden's under contract, but Westbrook, we want him gone. And the Rock as GM, Radishell, I want him out. I'm, I'm going to take whatever kind of deal I can get, try to get some players. But, and Bryce, I'm assuming he wants him gone as well. We just we want him out. Right. But with that being out the way, it's time for the fun. Um, like I said, we I told you everybody we had some fun plan with the 2020 NBA draft being next week. I thought it'd be kind of cool if we did our own little mock draft. I, if you go online, you you some people have been doing mock drafts for about a year now. I, I looked at CBS had like <laughs> version version 13 of the draft. I'm like, wait a minute, you 13 versions? My God. Um, but. Yeah, so I thought it'd be kind of fun if we do if we do our own draft. Uh, we're gonna do we're just gonna do the first sixteen picks. Um, Eric, he'll be doing he'll be doing the odds, meaning he'll have the first pick, and I'll be doing the evens, meaning I'll have the last pick of the of the draft. But I'm kind of excited, Eric. How about you? How you feel? I'm I'm so psyched. I love doing this. I play franchise mode on two K just because of this. All right. How's how's your green room? Everybody's everybody nervous in the green room? How's the GM? How's the head coach? How y'all doing over? How's the president? The owner? How y'all doing well, over? With well, the first pick for for for, for the Timberwolves, we, we we crystal clear on this. We are we have been having this down since, since since we figured out we were the first pick in the lottery. Okay. So we chill right now, but but uh, let me tell you something. The, uh, once we get into it, um, I'm gonna tell you the Pistons are gonna be a little bit nervous. They real nervous on how they want to play this out. Um, the, again, the, the the Hornets are cool. We, we straight, but uh, uh, Cavaliers are nervous. All right. So you say. So you say you do have the. the you right. So you do have the first pick. You're you're good to go already. We ready. All right. Okay. It's like the. All right. All right first pick is in. Go and tell us who you taking. All right. With the first pick in the 2021 NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select Lamelo Ball, the point guard. Wow. Really? Okay. Yes, All right, Eric, go ahead. Give us your t- take us take us through the mind of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Why'd you take Lamelo Ball the first pick? All right. So one thing I've been looking at their needs. They have a point guard with with I'm D'Angelo. Sorry, D'Angelo Russell. They have Towns as a big man. Um, but I think that the thing is, if if he can get into a better defender. And he can and he can fix his shot, which I think he can develop with an NBA team with with my team. He can play and spread. They can both. I think they can coexist. One of them can run the pick and roll with Kate with with Towns on the strong side, and the other can space the floor and create off the dribble on the backside. The only thing is, is he will need to become a serviceable defender if the lineup was you know wants to stop anybody. So. If he can get a reliable shot, I think there's potential for him to be an all-star. And he's the only player in this draft that I kind of feel like that. So if you're gonna, so for me to draft first overall as a player with the best chance of, to me, possibly being an all-star, could possibly Lamelo Ball with also the needs of how my team is. I, I need another guard because point guard and big man doesn't always need to work out. There needs to be someone else to help the fac- facilitation and the spacing on the floor. Lamelo Ball with the first pick. He's wow. So, so, uh, so you guys are gonna be right now. So the, your team, the Timberwolves, y'all ain't gonna be playing no defense. Y'all just gonna be up and down. It looks like. They have, we've had defensive problems right now, but that's what we're hoping to fix. Okay, if he can become an elite defender, he's six foot seven, so he's a point guard, but he's a tall point guard that can roll at the shooting guard. 
Okay, so the fact that he's six foot seven, you know, I, I'm willing to work with that. Okay, he was a t I mean, he averaged seventeen points, seven assists, and seven and a half rebounds. Okay, in the NBL. Okay, he struggled part, you know, with the two, you know. He was a top 30, you know, season post, the top 250 all-time season, over 1,000 all while playing, you know, at just 18 years old. So he's really young. There's a lot we can develop there with being with an NBA team. So I'm saying we're going to look at this long-term as an, okay, we can develop him, get him to roll with our team, get that to work on the two-guard, you know, the two-kind of guard thing working with there with the, with the taller point guard playing the shooting, with D'Angelo maybe run the pick and roll a bit more, and, you know, LaMelo trying to create more space. He didn't shoot very well. He's out 37. Um, from the field, cool twenty four percent from the three, but a lot of that was him trying to create too much space on his own, which may not be necessary at the NBA level. So I think he's going to definitely shoot a lot better. Wow! Well, to have him develop. All, all I can say is with that pick, because I am stunned by that pick. Well, um, all, all I can say is I hope we play y'all first. Uh, hope we, hope we, hope we play Minnesota as often as we possibly can. Well, who are you gonna pick first? I, I just, I just want to know who you. Who you but uh, the, like, but just like, just like you said, you've known about your first pick for a while. So have we, and by we, I mean the Golden State Warriors, because we do have the second pick. The dynasty will continue, but the second pick is in, and the Golden State Warriors will be taking. James Wiseman, the big man out of Memphis. Yes, indeed, the dynasty, the rock is in the building. We will continue. Steph and the crew. We're going to have Steph at the one, Clay at the two, probably put Draymond at the three, or flop him with Wiggins at the three, put Draymond at the four. We got James Wiseman at the five. We're going to be right back where we left off. Just let you know that right now, though. We got a big man, polished game, nice little touch. You know what I'm saying? Only thing, only thing we got to kind of worry about with James is his motor. And I hope we get a little bit more physical, especially playing in the in the uh, the division that we're in, with the Lakers and the Clippers and whatnot. But and the Suns. But I like our pick, man. We 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 taking James Wiseman, the big boy, getting our center for the future. All right, and I like that because they the Clay Thompson and um, Stephen Curry have done very well with the big man when they had Bogut back then, even Zaza Pachulia. They they. Work, they like small ball, but they don't mind working with the big men either. They're very fluid in that. And, you know, obviously Wiggins has been with Towns for a little bit. So they, I think they all kind of roll with that well. I, I was, I would have picked him second anyway. So I, I'm going to just say I agree with that pick. He's seven foot one with a seven, six wing fan. So he is huge. And he actually shoots 70% for the free throw line. So if he gets fouled, there's no, ha there's no, you know, I'm just saying like they're in a win, win now mode. They don't, Steph and Clay going to, and Draymond going to show him how they, how they work on that, and I think it'll work out really well for them. And and uh, we're hoping that because of the way our team is kind of spaced out, we'll, that'll give him a room to operate. Like he said, he is a very athletic freak. You know what I mean? So he'll kind of he, he can do what he kind of do, kind of rip the rim off, destroy it as often as possible. I get a Mari Stoudemire vibe from him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if we can get that, if we can get that, just a bigger version. That's what we'll take it. But. Yeah, that's who we're taking the Mick man out of James Wiseman. Like I said, the Warriors, our dynasty will continue. We will. All right, Eric, you do have the next pick. Uh, let me know when you're ready. Let me know when it's in. Okay, we're going to go with it, of course. Uh, we're ready for that. All right. So Charlotte Hornets are on the clock. Looks like the pick is in. With the third pick of the 2021 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Anthony Edwards from Georgia. Okay. And the reason we like that pick is because I understand that 
things are interesting with Scary Terry at the point. I'm going to leave him there. And I want Anthony to run the shooting guard position as well because he, he's just kind of a regular guard. He's 6'5", with a 6'9", wingspan, but he's 225 pounds, okay? There's guys taller than him that don't weigh that much. He's a very physical guy. He's got the physical tools you ask for NBA-level kind of guard. Finish at the rim and absorb contract, okay? Now, he did shoot like 40% from the, from the field and 29 from the three-point line, but Georgia was awful, okay? So he had to, you know, the Bulldogs were a bad team, which able had to take some atrocious shots if you watch his highlights, but um, I think you can trust they came from, you know, trying to win, you know, win from Georgia. So I think that will be, you know, I think that'll be bonus for them. And, and, and I understand that, you know, Terry Rozier is kind of an interesting guy, but I think that'll work out the fact that he's got a better guard on his thing because right now they have – some other guys that I'm not – I can't remember their names right now. One of the Nicholas – Devontae Graham. Graham. Which he's not a bad player, but I don't know if he's really going to – I think Terry Rozier wants to have some more options because Graham's cool and Graham's, you know, very physical. He can shoot the ball very well. But to have a backup guard and maybe even like, you know, move Graham, move these guys around to play a little bit different, I can think if they can spread the floor a little bit more. Not to mention Graham shoots the ball, but every now and then we need to get a physical layup. I think the athleticism that Anthony Edwards has is pretty, is pretty intense. So I like that. So with, with Charlotte, it's weird. I actually don't mind that pick. Cause I, if I'm Charlotte, I, I actually may just do a three guard set. I may have Terry, uh, Devontae, and no, I was gonna say you can you can move him that way so that you can have a three guard set because the Hornets. There's a reason they have the third pick anyway. So it's not like you know, so they just got to pick it. But if he works out to be a better shooter, especially at the NBA level from the three point line, you get a lot of space on the floor and you can play small ball because then you know. Graham, what is he like? Six. He's a, he's a taller kind of guard that you could work with him to to fit that small position. Right. The only thing about only yeah, he actually has a um, Edward has a nice shot. Only thing is, he, his defensive effort. This draft is very when it comes to the, the top players are, are very weak in the defensive end. Um, Edwards is no he just like mellow ball. He's just like James Wiseman as far as that effort on the defensive end. Um, but if he can give y'all. Something like that. But he's physical. Along you with, like the physicality. Like, he is physical. He is physical. Um, but if he can turn that physicality to something on defense, on both sides of the ball, now you got something. Because Charlotte, while they do have Graham, while they do have Rozier and P.J. Washington, they still they still don't have a guy. Right. Scary. right? They still don't have right. the guy. And Scary Terry was cool in the playoffs when he when when they beat the Bucks back in 2018. And that, that was about all we heard from Terry Rozier. I mean, what yeah. is he like? I think he's like 14 points, five assists, five, you know, few rebounds, something like that. Not not a replacement for Kemba Walker, but, uh, definitely. So. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, they they definitely need a guy. So if they can hit hit with this pick, because they they've botched a couple draft picks this this period. Like I said, they hit on um, obviously they hit on Walker, but they missed on Michael K. Gilchrist. <laughs> that was a big on one. Yeah, a lot of big men. They missed they missed on Cody Zeller. So it missed on Malik Monk, so they really need this one to, to kind of hit. But uh, I like that pick for them. If, I don't think it'll. I think in a, in a real pick, it probably won't fall that way because everyone's probably gonna go first. But if they can get him at three, hey, that's probably not bad. Regardless, they want to guard. I pick Lamelo if, if Lamelo's still on the board. And with that being said, the shy boys, the Chicago Bulls, we are on the clock, and uh, we can do a lot of things. We got a lot of talent. A lot of yeah. young guys. We really don't need to be in a draft. We're done. We honestly don't need. We honestly have too many young guys. We, we we need to be. We need to be done drafting. If if I'm Chicago, if it was up to me, I'd trade this pick. But uh, 
we're here. Um, we can go a lot of interesting ways. We got we got we got guards, but I, I'm not impressed with any most of them. Kobe White, the the guy that drafted last year out of North Carolina, I'd like to see a little bit more out of him. Um, Chris Dunn, I think mm-hmm. he's done. Uh, ironically enough, I can so I can trade him. I would. I also got Zach Levine, and I'm not trade. Despite rumors, I don't care if he's mad or not. He ain't going nowhere because I like Zach Levine. Um, we could take a big. It would have been nice if James Wiseman could have fell to us because I'm not I'm not too confident in Laurie Marketing and or Wendell Carter Jr. because I don't know they haven't really mm-hmm. developed as quickly as I liked. But uh, I, I, the pick is in. I kind of know what I want to do. So let's 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 get to it. And uh, with the fourth pick, the Chicago Bulls will be taking the forward out of Israel. And I hope I don't botch his name. Denny Avisha? You going with that's how you pronounce his name? Yeah, out of Israel, man. A a wing player, 6'9". You know what I mean? He's young. We're already a young team, so he'll fit right on in with the rest of these knuckleheads. Uh... A guy said he can help uh, help us space the floor, but honestly, at this point, we need somebody to kind of step up and be that guy. And if I and if I got Zach Levine on one wing and I got Denny Avicii on the other wing, man, we can make we, we can make some noise. We can we can we can fill up the scoreboard. You know what I'm saying? We ain't gonna play no defense. We can fill up the scoreboard as quickly as possible. But like I said, he's he's a big guy. I mean, like I said, he is six nine. He has and that's perfect. And that's perfect for today today's game. Um, he got guard-like abilities. He's kind of quick, good in transition. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I don't know. I, I, this is a flyer pick. This is an extremely boomer bust pick. You I was know, just I about to say with the young guys, guys I mean, especially just because, no offense, and I, this is how it is with everybody. I'm just going to be real. Just looking at his picture, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how I feel about him. But but the thing is, he's got good defensive instincts. So if you're looking as a low team, even if he's not the great scorer at the small, you can maybe even power forward him and make him be a good defender because he does have good instincts and he could, you know. But it's just the, the three is one of the hardest positions to fill because you got other guys that are they're really good. Um, but, you know, that'll be interesting. He I mean, he finished with 23 points, seven rebounds, and five assists in his real league. So. And he can we can use him as a point forward. You know what I mean? Like we can we can have him give the ball set up set up Zach Levine. You kind of use him in that capacity. Maybe he can help elevate Lori Markin and Wood Carter Jr.'s game. But I honestly like this pick for for us. You know what I'm saying? Like I think he's we need a guy who can kind of help facilitate. I think he can do that. I think he can play a, be a playmaker. And I think it is a plus that he did play against high level competition in the Euro League. You know what I'm saying? He he won't be afraid. To kind of go up against NBA guy because he's been playing at such a high level for such for such a, a, a while. But yeah, man, we're taking a young gun out of uh out of Israel, Denny Avicii. But with that being said, Eric, you are back on the clock with your Cleveland Cavaliers. Talk to me. We're gonna we're gonna need we're, we are gonna need a minute about this um, because we have an interesting spot we want to go here. When we look at our point guards, I, I don't think Colin Sexton's a bust. Neither do I. Some people have thought that. I read an article about that. Don't know why they think that. Okay. Um, he's definitely a good shooting guard slash point. He can play both those. I like him. Okay. We have Dante Exum, who definitely did not pan out as much as he thought possibly could have. So that's interesting. But I do like Tristan Thompson still. I think he's a great forward. We have Andre Drummond now. So we got a nice good big man up in there. But the thing that worries me 
is if we want to move Sexton to shooting guard, let's say keep a little bit more perm, or just maybe he wants to point the ball, but he's going to be our listed shooting guard. Our best point guard is Darius Garland. Okay, then we have Matthew Delladrova still. He's only 29 years old. I thought he'd be like 40 by now, but he's still. He's only, he's only 29? He's only 29 years old. Wow. I thought he was like 80, but apparently he's 29. So we still have Kevin Love there, who, you know, he's getting older. Yeah, I got to trade him. Um, you know, he's he's 31, so he's not that old, but I'm just saying for, I mean, he's definitely not the Kevin Love we used to, which is, you know, a bummer. So I think we're going to kind of keep with the role here of. Maybe what we need is a, is another guard to help Sexton out because they definitely fought that. I like their forwards. They have Thompson. I actually kind of like Larry Nance Jr. despite and he's a young guy, but I do like that. We have Drummond now, so even if the forwards are kind of lacking on the big man, he can come there and, and help out. So we're going to go with the guard. So kind of almost following with, with some of these mocks. I don't want to butcher his name either. From Iowa State, um, let's go ahead. We're going to get the pick in. Okay. The pick is in. With the fifth pick in the 2021 draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Tyrese Halliburton, Ooh. the guard from Iowa State. He, okay. I think, has an easy fit to any NBA roster, okay? He's a 41.9% for the three-point shooting, which is a solid vision. He has good defensive instincts. I don't think he's bad. And he can pair, I think, with whoever, with, with Cleveland keeps on, you know, Colin Sexton, even with Darius Garland to be there. Um, but... The only concern about him to me as a lead guard at the next level is from his – apparently he had an eye test, the anal, you know, but, you know, his eye test was a little off. But analytically, I like it. And um, he's not he's not a super swole kind of guy for being like, you know, let's say like a shooting guard or point guard. You know, so he's not going to necessarily like kill you, whereas like, you know, look, you know, like I said, like Anthony Edwards to me is a, is a big kind of guy that kind of come out there. You know what I'm saying? Right. But the thing I do like about him, but besides the fact that he shoots the ball, like, like you know me, I'm always like this. He's an incredible shooter. He's, he's a yeah. 41.9% from the three-point line. Look, it's two, feet, it's two or three feet farther back to get him to shoot from the NBA line, which some of these guys there I see him pulling up from there anyway. Okay? So the, I like him. I like, I like that fact. And he's not super big, so he's definitely going to have to run the point. And, make, and we definitely have to move Sexton, who's I mean, 6'1". They're gonna have to figure out how they kind of roll with those guards, you know, because he's not super big, but neither is Sexton. So they have to work out of who they want to roll that way. To me, that's gonna be tough. But he's six four, so I think you can put him at the shooting guard. But I think, like I said, you can work with that any way you want to. Uh, but with Sexton and him, I think that's really gonna help their improvement on spacing the floor. But also defensively around those corners, around the edges at the top of the key, I think he'll be a good. I think he can guard very well, because Love is kind of weak. Tristan Thompson's a monster. Like I said, we may trade Love, but now that we have Drummond kind of also down there facilitating, we have a little bit more that we can do inside and outside, and he can shoot the ball well. So Sexton, who can penetrate, we've seen it with Damian Lillard and Wes Matthews. We've seen it with um, Derrick Rose and and. and in the, when Derrick Rose had the well dang and those kind of guys and Corver, we've seen it on Corver with almost every team. Good penetr- uh, Jeff Teague back in the day when the, when they had um other Corver Cor- and other guys that could shoot the ball. A good penetrating guard can kick out for a good shot, and if one of those guys in the corner, I can see them hitting threes. And Andre Drummond just you know being able to set some screens and run nice pick and rolls. 
So for the third year in a row, it's like the Cavs are taking a guard. Surprise, surprise. But the fact that they oh, got the that... big man, I think is I think is a good move. Like I said, I mean you have Drummond, which he's a great rebounder, and and I like Tristan Thompson, and I also like um, Larry Nance. So I'm just saying, I, I think they need another guard. Hmm. No wing. What about wing? Wing, wing player? Like a forward? Not like a yeah, like a three. That's what I'm saying. They they have they have a three. They have threes. They, I mean I mean well, I guess I guess I would agree that their three's a little bit weak, but I like Seti Osman. He's a good shooter. Great great shooter. Great great scorer. Um, obviously got to work on the D and the physicality, but I think you can roll with him a little bit longer. He's only 25, so I want to see how we roll out with that. Like I said, the guard he's a good shooter. I really respect that, and Drummond will help out with that weak side with that weak side defense there. He's he's able to help out a lot, and Larry Nance and Love. Again, I don't I don't like Love as a defender, especially his inside defense can be a little weak. But I I think really Drummond can help out a lot in that. And if and if Sexton and Halliburton, uh, Tyrese is like you say got good defensive instincts. I think they can stop the penetration a little bit more and help out on that. So they need to get that good perimeter defense on lock. Interesting, interesting. Well, looks like the ATL. We are on the clock with the sixth pick, and um. We can do. We can go a lot of different directions with with this pick. Um, the direction that I wanted to go is not the direction I'm going to go. Primarily because we we don't need any more uh, guards. Like I said, we got we got the ultimate uh, scoring scoring phenom and, and Trey Young. We got uh, we really got a lot of wing players. You know what I'm saying? DeAndre Benbury, Kevin Huerter, DeAndre Hunter, who we drafted last year, and obviously the guy out of the guy out of Duke. You know, Cam Reddish. So we really need some some legitimate post players. You know what I mean? Some legitimate post action, right? We picked up Clint Capella. Mm, it didn't really pan out as much as we thought. We got John Collins. He kind of underwhelmed this past season, and he had the uh, suspension, so we can't really trust him. And he's due, his contract is up, so we don't know what we're going to do with him. So with that being said, the Hawks pick is in, and we are ready to go. So with the sixth pick, the Atlanta Hawks are taking the big man out of USC, Anyeka Angonku. And I definitely just butchered his name, but I'm signing his contract, so I don't think he won't mind. But Ooh, uh that's yeah. a lot higher than people projected. Yeah, I got him going um to, to my squad, the Atlanta Hawks. I just feel like we need him. I just feel like we need him. I like Trey Young at the one. I'm gonna put Cam Reddish at the two. He kind of came on toward the, t- the end of the season before the East season got cut short. Uh, obviously, DeAndre Hunter, we drafted him last year. He can be on our wing. Probably going to start John Collins again. Give him one more shot to really see if, we, if it's worth bringing him back. And then we're going to put him down. At our, he's going to be our big guy. We're going to we're going to be athletic. We're going to he's going to be a defensive monster. We don't play no defense as it is. We need somebody to clean up all all the uh, all well, the lane traffic that, that Trey. That you know, Trey Young is a is a human. Uh, what's what's that guy at the airport with the with the cone with the with the yellow? With the orange thing, who said, all right, you guys can come through the planes. That's Trey Young. Everybody here, you can come, you can come to the lane, you can come to the lane. So we're gonna need somebody to clean up his defensive uh laps and and Nyanko, a guy who I've been keeping up with since his days at Chino Hills, because if anybody doesn't know, he did play with uh the Ball brothers at Chino Hill when they went off on that great season they had. Well, they were uh, second years in, they ago. were second in the, in the in nationally, right? They were second, I think it was. I thought they, they could have been up first. They were great. They beating everybody. You know what I mean? I don't even know if they even lost that year. I don't think they did. Um, 
But he was the big man for that team, and he's a, he'd be a good rim protector. But at this point, Atlanta, we're a team. We have what we need. We already have our young pieces. We don't even need no more young guns. We just need guys who are willing to pick up the slack on defense. We have enough offense. Trey Young is enough offense for about 10 teams. You know what I'm saying? He's going to take all the shots. Him and Reddish, they're going to be our point guys, right? We're going to have John Collins. He's going he gonna to dunk everything in the vicinity of the rim. So we need somebody who can, like I said, pick up the slack, weak side rotations, all that kind of stuff, block shots. We're taking a big man out of USC. Okay. And, and with that being said, Eric, you are on the clock. Okay. All right, I'm ready for the pick. I'm ready for the pick. Oh, you ready? Okay, cool. All right, the pick is in. The Detroit Pistons pick is in. With the seventh pick in the 2021 NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons select Obi Toppin, the power Ooh. forward from Dayton. And this is why. So he is a power forward, but he's a phenomenal score average, 20 points a game. A lot of people have projected, um, I you know, Isaac Okoro to kind of go a little bit higher. But the reason I like Obi is because he's, he's he's a power forward. He's six foot nine. Okay? He's a monster, two hundred twenty pounds. He's a beast. Okay, um, and like I said, just just, just compare because they wanted Okoro going around this time and some other guys as well. Um, some of the mocks have a point guard drafting. Okay, look, they have they have like five shooting guards. Okay, in Detroit. Okay, with like Luke Kennard as their as their top guy, or maybe Langston Galloway. So, and then they have Derrick Rose as their point guard, and then Brandon Isaac backup. So I can see where they want to point. I can see why they want somewhere to point it. They're all, they're decent shooters. Rose is getting better. I mean, he's obviously could go to the Lakers. Apparently, there's a lot of that going around. But and I know they have, you know, I understand that they have Blake Griffin as their as their power forward. But I'm not really feeling good about Mikhailik Luke. I don't even know how to say his name. And then like Tony Snell as their as their small forward. So I think you draft Obi Toppin, help him become a small forward because he's a great scorer. So he definitely can play the part. I definitely think he can play the part as a good scorer. Twenty points a game, um, seven and a half rebounds. Was he shot sixty three percent from the field? You know, obviously, you know he's you know interesting three point three point shooter. You know, nothing nothing too crazy with that, but he can shoot it well. Good free throw guy, very physical. I like it. Interesting, Obi. Any any good defender. Obi well. Toppin plays above the rim, strong, big body. That's a good pick. That's that's not a bad pick for Detroit at all. The only thing about Obi Toppin is he can't. He's actually not a bad scorer, and his his shot is he actually has a nice solid shot. Yeah, um, he does it's just I don't shot. see superstar potential but then again with the seventh pick i guess you're just hoping for a guy who can just kind of be a good role player kind of down the stretch and you know obviously there's you know we have no idea how you know, we already discussed the science is you know him he could be i mean he could be you know average 25 points we don't know that i'm not saying he is but i just i want to give him the benefit of the doubt as a gm if you're going to ask me but some of these other guys the, the only thing is i do worry about the point guard position because Derek Rose could be gone and i'm a little bit left with brandon knight Brandon Knight gets embarrassed a lot, but he is a good shooter. And I like that in a point guard, and he can, you know, pass the ball. So, I, I you know, he's not going to be one of those guys who's, you know, just chucking it up or like D-Rose who likes to score. Who, he passes now, but you got know what I'm saying. So, in Dayton's a good school that he came from. Um, they, you know, I mean, he, he, you know, every now and then when he does want to shoot the three ball, he does, that make, he does make the most of it. I mean, 
uh, just looking at some of his later stats, 27, 20, 23, and 28 on the points. So he definitely, like I say, definitely a good scorer, physical, plays above the rim. And I think he's got really good tools as well to play. And like I said, he shoots quality shots. He makes good shots, and he makes them. He doesn't, you know, just chuck some stuff up. He gets a lot of rebounds. He's had a couple double-doubles in his career. So, and he, and he can make those assists, and he gets good blocks and steals. Like I said, to me, he's actually an all-around kind of guy. He, got 20, he went from 14 to 20 points in his two seasons. So, definitely stepped up, played big minutes, shot the ball very well. Nice, nice. And with that being said, New York, New York. We are, we are. I thought they would have a higher pick than the eight. No, huh? Say that again. I was hoping they'd have a higher pick than the eight. Yeah, that's we nice. were too, and was actually hoping that Tyrese Halliburton would slid to us, but you took him early, <laughs> so that's that's to be expected. But we go a lot of different directions. Um, I'm be honest with you, I hate our roster that we assembled. It is what it is. You know, we got obviously we got R.J. Barrett. Um, for the, for the future, we got Kevin Knox, but we're starting to kind of figure he may be a bust. We're starting to kind of wane on him. We gave up on Freight Need to Clean and we only played him because out of necessity. And I also got Mitchell Robinson. But everybody else, we really could care less about. Um, we need a guard. Alfred Payton is not it. Um, we, like I said we can go a lot of different directions. I'm just trying to think of the mindset of what what, what do I want in a Tom Thibodeau-led team? That's our head coach. That's our guy. And with that being said, you know, with, with that mindset going into this 2020 NBA draft, I kind of came to the conclusion that this is that the guy we're going to take. So the pick is in. And with the eighth pick of the 2020 NBA draft, the New York Knicks take Isaac Okoro uh, four oh. out of Auburn. And the reason, I know a lot of people think, oh, you could have took Kira Lewis Jr., or you could have took Cole Anthony, blah, 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 blah. Look, I want a guy who I feel like is physically ready to play in the NBA. You know what I mean? And Isaac Okoro fits that mode to a T, and he's a relentless defender. No, he's not going to be that much help on our offensive side of the ball. But, look, at some point, we got to find a, a, some type of identity. And with Okoro, with Barrett, and with Mitchell Robinson, at the minimum, you're going to struggle to score on us. You're not going to just be scoring on us. You know what I mean? We may have struggled scoring on y'all, you know what I mean? Because I, but not because y'all gonna stop us, just because we just def- offensively, you know, deficient. But with a coral who can guard the one, two, and depending on your lineup, maybe a three. But I'm talking about a guy who has the potential to be an all defensive caliber player in that backcourt for Tom Thibodeau. You know what I'm saying? You know, kind of a smaller version of a Jimmy Butler if he can develop that. That's kind of his ceiling. But yeah, that's that's what I'm taking. Ooh. Isaac Okoro. Four out of Auburn. What do you think? I wanted that pick. I was gonna pick him next. Mm. <laughs> so that's that's tough, right there. That hurts. Um, that you know, but hey, you know, like I said, he's supposed to go. They were projecting him around the sixth. So the fact that you're taking him eighth isn't a bad thing for him. Uh, and, and like I said, I think he's great for it. Help R.J. Barrett, who's a guard, right? He's a guard, Forward. right? Yeah, Barrett's. A- well, he'll compliment forward, even if you want to move RJ to the guard spot, big guard. But I think he'll compliment very well. Only concern with him, he's able to rebound as, as much as I'd like him to, and didn't necessarily kill it on the scoring. But he does take smart shots, and he does score. And Auburn did play very well, so they had a lot of guys. So I'm not gonna kick kick, kick him too hard on the fact of his scoring. But I'd like him to doesn't shoot. I'd like him to make, make sure he makes his free throws and gets more boards, more than four boards as as a, as a forward. Too. I just want him to be able to, to guard the best player, the best perimeter players in the East. He is a good defender. I, I definitely agree that he's a good defender, especially for the Knicks. As much as they have interesting things going on over there, 
defense, you can never go wrong. You can never go wrong to me with getting a good defense. Eventually, you need to score in basketball because, like I said, basketball, offensively and defensively, statistics are equal, but there's nothing wrong with having a good defense to try to wait, let those shots start falling. And with that being said, Eric, your Washington Wizards on the clock. You, you're going to have John Wall back this year. The backcourt with John Wall and Bradley Beal is going to be in full effect for the 2020-21 season. So take me to your thoughts on, on what's going on with this pick. We have a lot of point guards there. We have a lot of shooting guards there. Yeah, we actually have a pretty full roster. We need a big man. Okay, I'm not feeling it with Thomas Bryant. Okay, Achimura is cool. I liked him. I liked him. He's young, and, and you know Troy Brown and Isaac Bogna. You know, I mean, Troy Brown Jr. These guys are really young, so we can't. I can't. You know. Make too much of that, but back up, you know, I mean, after like Bradley Beal, Jerome Robinson, and after John Wall, we have, you know, Ish Smith, but they're all, but they're all really good shooters. But I like the fact that they can each play like 35 minutes, so I'm not going to crank too hard on my guards. I'm going to select the big man, and we're going with this pick. Okay, so is the pick in? Are you ready? The pick is in. Okay. With the ninth pick in the 2021 draft, the Washington Wizards select Aaron Nesmith from Vanderbilt. Wow! A forward. Bit of a reach, isn't it? I like him. He's 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 six foot six, two thirteen. Not a big forward, but I I mean there's there's a lot of forwards they have there. A lot of young guys that can develop, but I but there's also some guys that are a little older that are, even if you know you like Hitchmer and, and Troy Brown. He averaged 23 points, five rebounds with an assist, shot 51% from the field. I like him. You know, he, he he's not a bad three-point I – mean, he shot 50% from the three-point line. Now, obviously, I don't know how many he shot exactly, but he scores very well. He's very big, physical, great shooter, takes smart shots, hits, hits the free throw if he gets fouled. I'm going to need – I may make some trades with some of the younger guys that we have, some of the forwards that, that, that have a little bit more – you know, stuff to them that maybe, you know, I mean, I like Hichimura, but he's a power forward. But Troy Brown Jr., despite he's only 20 years old, good good forward. But I want I want, I want, want to see how they both can develop. I want them to kind of fight for that starting role and see, you know, if we maybe want to move some of them. But right now, I'm really interested in some of the, the forwards and, the, and our big guys are young. So we want to develop them. So I want, I want to see if we can take some more development with Aaron Naismith. You know, he, he's a sophomore, so he's played two years in college. You know, jumped from 11 points to 23 points his second year. Shot 82% from the free throw line. Shot 39 and 33% in 18 19. 2019 20, shot 50, 51 and 52%. Average 23 points. So he, he's, he has the ability to say, look, I can develop. Now, he only played 14 games, so there's a big difference between there. But he upped his minutes by about six minutes and did a lot more damage. So I like that. I know it's a bit of a reach for a pick. They didn't have him go until about like 12. So end lottery, but I don't pick him early because I I, I want I, I'm really comfortable with the guards that we have as the Wizards, and I want to see how much more we can develop a big man who looks like he is already progressing significantly. Okay, wow, I am surprised by that pick, but uh, wow, I am surprised by that pick. Why? What I, is so? No, I just thought with so many other guys who were on the were on the board and. Um, I probably thought you, I probably thought you guys probably need more of a like a big, but 
Hey, he's six six. He's a four. But you took my Okungu guy, who I was, I was, or, or even um, Isaac Okoro, who I kind of had going there too. I need, I, I want a really big guy, but when uh, maybe even a backup guard. But but like I said, if he turns out to be a good forward, he can even at least play backup, so we can we can have a better bench. Uh, but he's 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 lanky. I mean, he's six foot six. So I mean, I, I think he can play help on the defensive side. He gets a lot of good blocks. Gets a lot of steals. You know, average over a steal, about a steal and a half. So I think he can provide better defense. And if he doesn't turn out to do too well defensively or offensively, he can be a really good backup to some of these other guys like Troy Brown Jr., who's only 20, but he can develop a little bit more. So I think it'll be interesting to see how, I roll, how we will roll with those two guys, kind of see how we want the forwards to play out. But I think it'll help depth in our bench and starting lineup either or, depending on how he plays. Because even if he starts, we, we'll move Troy to the bench. But if Troy starts, we got him on a bench. So I like it. Okay. A bold move. But, hey, if it, if it works out, it works out. We'll see. But the 10th pick, now I, we can go. We, we Now, Phoenix, we can do a lot of things right here, right? We finished 8-0 in the bubble. We're ready. We're right there. It's our time. I like our starters. You know what I mean? We got we got uh, DeAndre Aiden down low with Baines. We got good wing players in Bridges and Oubre. Obviously, we got our star player in Devin Booker. But the one weakness that we do have that I feel is our is our point guard position. Yes, we have rookie Rubio, but he's like a matador when it comes to uh when it comes to defense. You know, it's just everybody he just everybody can come through. He, he doesn't stop a nosebleed. And Javon Carter, while he is a good defensive backup, is not really a playmaker. And that kind of played into our decision. We need a playmaker. We need a guy who can come in and live and take the pressure off of, of a Devin Booker. And with that being said, the 10th pick is in for us. The Valley Boys, the pick is in. And with the 10th pick, the Phoenix Suns select Killian Hayes. The guard out of friends. I'm sorry, pause there. Yeah, Killian Hayes, the 6'5 guard out of friends. Like I said, he's going to. Germany. Gonna... Germany. France. He played for own Germany. Yeah, but he, his, his nationality is it's French. Okay, whatever is the fine. Either or, Europe. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, okay. Killian Hayes out of France. That's where, he, that's where he's from. He's from France. Really? Um, high, smart player. He's young, high upside. You know what I mean? I kind of like his upside a little bit more than Cole Anthony and Kirill uh, Lewis Jr. And like I said, he's going to be our guard of the future. With, with us drafting him, we can let him sit behind Rubio for a year and then flip Rubio the year after that because he has two years left on his deal. And hopefully by the time, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of like, a, of like a Steve Nash, Goran Dragic scenario and that we have a, a good, solid, serviceable point guard. But hopefully the, the, in, the, in a year or two, or probably less, Killian Hayes can step in and kind of be that guy. He's serious about the game. Pundits have called, I've called him a nerd about the game and He's modeled his game after Ginobili, and that's a pretty good damn guy to model your game after. Uh, but like I said, we need somebody to come in and be a playmaker. Wait, right now, the only playmakers we really got is Rubio and Booker, and if we can get Hayes in there and kind of be that third playmaker for us, and eventually be the starting point guard for us going going forward. You know, for the Valley Boys, uh, I think I think that's a good move. But what do you think about my pick? I like it. I'm just I'm really worried about his shooting. Shot 29% from the three-point line. 
as a guard, you need to be able to shoot that ball well. Shoots the free throw very well, though. So if he's physical, you know, he's not bad at drawing the foul and shooting from the free throw line. But um, one thing with him as well, like I said, really just the shooting. Um, nearly 300 attempts. Provokes hope that the three-point shot will get much better. Uh, but he'll need time to develop, but he's young, very young. I mean, I mean, a lot of these European guys, you know, are young, 18 years old, but young. So, but he's a good creator. I do agree. Definitely a good shot creator. And you got Devin Booker who can do that. So if you have two guys you have to, you know, watch and always have to kind of harass them both, that's going to create a lot of tired, you know, defenders. I think you could help, you know, create some, some interesting, uh, in, interesting spots there. So I definitely like that. Okay. And with that being said, your Spurs are on the clock. Talk to me. Okay. Honestly, I'm, I'm really nervous about picking overseas kind of guys, just because I'm not I'm not liking this draft too much with that. Picked a lot of the guys. You know, we're kind of to me. I'm kind of falling back into 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 role here with with the order of, of some of these projected. There's two guard. I want a guard. I'm definitely gonna get a guard. I like okay. Derek White. I think people don't give as much credit as he is, but his inside defense is bad. The guy was six foot four, but I, I like Demar Derozan. I still think he's got juice left in him. And I do like him, six foot six, big guy. Shoots, plays the ball very well. Could get a little bit better on the three point. Did struggle this past year, but I think he'll come back. But we have Dejounte Murray and Patty Mills at the point guard, and, and Dejounte Murray is good for twenty three years old. Um, we have like, but the thing is, we have like four shooting guards. One, well, three of them, but one's on a two two way contract. I want another shooting guard to see if Derek White can play a little bit better. I mean, like I say, I think he's better than giving credit for, but he's also kind of, I mean, I don't know if the hype's there. And then we have like Brian Forbes, like, you know, nobody knows that as, as our backup, but I like our forwards. We have, you know, Kelvin Johnson and DeMar Rosen, who I like, and Bellinelli sitting on the bench for threes. I, I understand Rudy Gay and Trey Lyles, I mean, they're very streaky, especially Rudy Gay getting older, but I do want to keep him there. And then LaMarcus Aldridge, our centers, we have to do a lot of things about those centers, but I'm not going to draft the center, though. I still want to keep LaMarcus Aldridge there because I still think he's viable to score and, and see how he can mentor some of these younger guys. I think, you know, maybe some of these younger centers will develop. So I'll have to go with the guard because I think my big man will develop. So with that being said, um, not sure who I want to pick. I got two guys in my head. I heard you guys may actually trade DeRozan. Does the, 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 the thought of him possibly being traded, does that play a factor into you guys' decision? Yeah, but I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have more guys on that deal if I did. I'd, I'd have some centers on there because the thing is, I like the Bozen. He is thirty, which isn't old, but but you know he can definitely. He's our best player, I think. So I don't know if I want to trade him. I'd have to look and see what, if I can get an upper pick in the draft to get a different kind of forward or guard. Um, but I don't know because a lot of these forwards to me, I don't know, they're they're interesting. But I I could get an asset. Maybe I throw Lamarcus Aldridge on there. I throw I, I could trade Lamarcus Aldridge for a different center. Throw two centers on there to get one center, but I really want to go with what I see. St- I mean, I know st- stats are crazy, especially when it comes to different guys. Because I got this guy from New Zealand that I like, but then I have this other guy from uh, from Florida State who I like. So I think I want to shoot the ball well. All right, I got my pick. Okay, looks like the pick is in. With the 11th pick of the 2021 draft, the San Antonio Spurs select Devin Vassell from Florida State. Okay, I like that pick. I like Talk to it. me about what, 
Okay, yeah. So he's guard, six foot six, one eighty. He needs to get a little bit bigger, but he might be able to even get, get swapped for the forward position because he's six foot six, big guy. Derek White six foot four, so we might be playing some small ball, but it might work out for them, just because right now they struggle with to me just a lot of movement on offense is interesting. A lot of these young guys need to figure that out. Like I said, we have Derek White and the Dejounte Murray, so I think he he can honestly play any of these three positions. He's a good scorer, good shooter. Shoots the ball very well, even from the three-point line. Shot 42% on both years. Free throw struggles a little bit, so he's very street kind of shooting, but when he does knock him down, he hits him. Didn't score. I mean, only averaged about 12 points, but that was four the year before, so he's definitely got a lot of upside to me. Played a lot more minutes. He only played 28 minutes and averaged 12 points. That's not too bad to me. So, I, and I mean, they did a lot of winning over in Florida State, so I don't. So I think he you know, has that mentality of wanting to do that. Uh, gets a lot of steals, a good defender again, gets blocks. Definitely needs to work on the passing for being a kind of a guard, but I think he'll have a lot of opportunity to create. I think he's a good creator. Um, and, and, you know, he, he was supposed to go a little bit earlier, like about a pick earlier, so I'm glad that he can't stay on the board. Um, but he's six foot, he's six foot seven. Well, six, 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 seven with the six, ten wingspan. So, like I said, um, he can force turnovers, get, you know, get his team out in transition. I think he'll play complimentary to guys like Derek White and Jonathan Murray, maybe even help them develop a little bit better because now they got some competition for positions. But there's a lot that we have to do as a team, to me, just with our big men. We have five centers, okay? And I don't like that because a lot of them don't really do too much. We have Tyler Zeller. But anyway, for the guards, the fact that we do, I do like Derek White, but like I said, the, the Rosen, if we do want to move him, we have Kelvin Johnson, but we can also have, like I said, we can also have um, Devin Bassler kind of helped things out there. So I like that. Okay. Not a bad pick. I like that pick. But um, looks, like to, looks like I'm back on the clock with the Sacramento Kings, and we got our pick. Um, this is easy. This guy's been sitting in the green room for a, a while. He probably should have been probably taken. Pissed that he's not being picked up. <laughs> but that's okay because the, the 12th pick is in. We're ready to go. All right, let's go ahead. And with the 12th pick, the Sacramento Kings will be taking – Patrick Williams, the forward out of Florida State. We got guards already. We got De'Aaron Fox. We got Buddy Hill. You know what I mean? We got a score and a nice guy in Bogdanovich. I like our bigs. You know what I mean? We got Harry Giles who kind of came on. Obviously, we hope Marvin Bagley can stay healthy. We got um, Harrison Barnes. May look to trip, trade him flip, him, flip him for something. But, yeah, we got Patrick Williams, a strong guy out of out of uh, Florida State. Um I just like him. I like his size. He's versatile. He can play. You know what I mean? For his height, he can probably defend in, in the in the modern NBA. He can probably defend a, a two, three, and a four. To be honest with you, and he'd be a nice three and D guy. We need a three and D guy. We don't play much defense as it already is. I'm not, I have been impressed with Harrison Barnes' defense in a couple of seasons since he left Golden State. Um, would mom have pushing him off to the bench or trade him? Like I said, and again, he's athletic. Probably should have got taken sooner. But, yeah, I'm taking a forward. Patrick Williams out of Florida State. What do you think about that? Well, actually, I'm going that. Actually, I'm going 13th. They had um, they had uh, Aaron Naismith going at 12th. But, like I said, I, I hopped him and picked him at 9th because I want the Wizards to get another forward because I like that their guards can go deep in the games. But, oh, uh, he's, he's six foot eight, seven to wingspan. Great, great player. Uh, he's ball – I mean, guard, ball dominant. I mean, he's a good defender. He's. I think his draft stock's increased recently, but I think he's um. He showed the ability to run the pick and roll very well. 
which I think will work out really well for Kings. Like I said, they have these scores. 83% from the free throw line, you know, obviously can develop maybe even a long-range jumper in the future. So I like that pick. Okay. I don't know if you want anything more than that. No, no, you're good. We're, we're good. To, we're rolling on. No no problem. Uh, you, the 13th pick is, is up, and your appellant is on the clock. Talk to me. Okay. I'm looking at the projections, and I don't I don't like the European guy that looks like the, he's supposed to, where he's listed on the draft, the next guy who could be a European guy. I'm not really digging it. I don't know what it is about it. it but... It's your, it's your draft. You take who you ever want. You Alonzo Ball, point guard. I, I like him because he's a great defender and he's getting better at shooting the ball, especially from the three-point line. So help with the spacing. Drew Holiday's 30. Still got, to me, three or four good years in him. Great perimeter defender. So he just needs to make sure he knocks that shot down a little bit better. Shooting 45 and 35%, 70% for the free throw. He needs to get that a little bit better. But I think he will. I think he'll shoot a little bit better. You know, this whole thing with you know a lot of these new players. Now we got Zion and Brandon Ingram. I don't know how I like Derek Favors and Jackson Hayes down down inside. I think their their defense could be a little bit better. I keep thinking about that guy who's. I think I might take the plunge though. I think I'm gonna take the plunge and just see. I know you're not supposed to do that, but that's a tough pick. Because there's that there's a center from Olympi Olympicos. Um, I don't know if I like him or if I want to go back to get, get it. I don't. I don't need a full. No, you know you don't. No, uh, you Josh don't. Hart. Yeah, I got Nicola Melli, who is developing pretty nice. Zion obviously to develop Ingram. Um, obviously got Redick, but he's old. You know we have Lonzo Ball, but I think I want another backup point guard though too. And most likely you guys will be trading Drew Holiday. So you most likely won't be there. Probably. If I can get a if I can get a if I can get a center asset for Drew Holiday, get someone in the big man spot, which I might do that. Because it's just tough because now we're in a spot where like these are the guys who can either be really big all stars or can just like totally you know, they're just a waste pick almost because you know I mean we're still in the lottery obviously, but at the thirteenth pick, this is where things get interesting. And okay. Look at these stats. All right. I got it. All right. I am ready. Okay. Like the pick is in. All right. With the 13th pick, 2021 draft, the New Orleans Pelicans select Kira Lewis Jr. from Alabama. Six foot three, 165, and he's put on some muscle, but he averaged 18 points, five rebounds, and five assists, shooting 45%. Struggle with the three ball, shoot thirty six percent, but you know I think he can develop a lot better than that. You know they, you know they had a little bit of difficulty with some other players they had not performing as well as they could have. But he looks really good. Had a couple thirty point outings out there. A lot, you know, shot the ball very well. Shoot the free throw really well. He's a good guard, and so we have the chance to move Drew Holiday around a little bit. Um, you know, Reddick can be a really good mentor to help him get that shooting better to work with some of those guys. We got Ingram Hart at the forward, Williamson and Melly, and we might even move some around to get a forward. Derek Favors at the center. Um, good, great rebounder, just not the greatest defender that I'd like, but he's, he's still a pretty good inside defender. So I definitely like – I do like that. So we'll, we'll see how that works. But I definitely like the fact that we now get a good shooter out there, um, another guard, and, because I think we might part ways with Drew Holiday. Like, we can get some assets for him. 
or, or just at least move around, open up some cap space. Maybe get another, you know, maybe trade him for a good solid point guard to help back up Lonzo. Also, I don't know his standard would like Lonzo. He's been in the league for his third year now. I don't know if he's the career kind of guy I want to start. I know that, I, I mean, he's a good defender, but I don't, I don't always see the greatest defender starting. But he's a good facilitator too, so I'm not going to knock him on anything or anything either. So he's a good facilitator. So I just think we need to have another point guard that will help, help kind of back that up because, sorry, Frank Jackson and Josh Gray who's on a two-way contract. Not really doing it for me. Again, they're 22 and 26. So I'm not going to judge anybody. But Kieran Lewis looks like he could be possibly NBA ready if everything falls well. And if he can help develop his shooting with some of these veterans we have out there, like J.J. Redick, you know, learn you know, learn, learn from a little bit from Lonzo to help him develop his game. I think he'd be a great guy. Okay. And with that being said, Boston, we were, we got three picks in this in this draft, so we, we already know who we want to take. We need a big, and we're not wasting no time. The pick is in. And with the 14th pick of the 2020 NBA draft, the Boston Celtics will be taking, drumroll please, Precious Ochoa, another guy, another forward out, out of Memphis. Pretty straightforward. We got, I like everybody else. Um, I would have took Kira Lewis Jr. to be a backup because, my God, uh, Brad Wanamaker was not cutting it. Um, but you but you took him off the board. We need a big because we really don't have any size whatsoever. So I'm taking Precious Ochoa. I think he'll uh, complement well with uh with as far as his, his prowess with Jalen Brown, with Marcus Smart, with Jason Tatum, obviously. Um, I, I, we really didn't need any wing guys, so that kind of ruled out like a R.J. Hampton type of player or a Sadiq Bay type of player. But like I said, we need some size. Precious Ochoa, I think he's a perfect guy for that. He can be a, he can be kind of he can play small and kind of play big, depending on how we want to how, how we want to use him. But uh, he's an athletic freak. He plays defense. That's kind of what we need. We really don't need him to score. But, but uh, wow. yeah, you know, he was he, not projected to go big, into the lottery. He was 18, and I know he's not a so seven foot. But I didn't really like everybody else that was available. And this not, was not, a not. team that was in the Eastern Conference Finals, right? And we and what was our weakness? And what was our weakness in the Eastern Conference Finals? Bam out of bio. And I know Tyler Hero did what he did to us, but Bam was was to me the real key piece. We just had no answer for him. And yes, we got some young guns that's on the roster. Like Absolutely. Grant Williams and uh, Robert Williams and whatnot, but I, I like uh, Precious. I think, he, like I said, he's explosive, plays really solid defense, doesn't commit silly fouls on defense, which is big for me. Cause I, right, which lets me know that he's a disciplined defender as well. So he can kind of pick up on a slack that Kimball Walker is going to have because, let's face it, he's not a good defender at all because of his size. Um, but, yeah. Precious, precious or true. Like I said, it was, it, to me, it was too. either him or uh, Sadiq Bay at that point, at that pick. But like I said, we're a team. We're right there. We're on the cusp. And I feel like he would be a, a kind of a nice role player to kind of get us over the top. But uh, with that being said, Eric, this was kind of fun, man. What do you, what do you think? It wasn't. I, I, I would have done this for the next four hours until the 60th pick. But I think it was definitely a lot of fun. And I'm going I'm to take this to the next of my best when I watch the draft. I'm going to see how many, you know, w- what these GMs are thinking that they wanted to follow the mock stuff or if they wanted to, you know, kind of go out on a limb and pick some of these other guys because there's a lot of guys here, about three or four picks that are supposed to go lottery that didn't. But like I said, there's a ton of different mock drafts out there. And I, I like I, – I, to me as a GM, I'd be a little more risky anyway. 
I, I, I want to risk it for the biscuit because that's that's turned out well for some people sometimes, you know. So, but I think it was fun. It was a blast. Not a blast. And with that being said, you can follow uh, me on Facebook at Bryce Olden. Follow me at Instagram at Bryce FZHM Podcast. Eric, tell them. Eric2320 Instagram, Eric Bradley Radishell on Facebook. Don't forget, though, the draft is November 20th, this Friday. You know, anything you need to hear about sports, you heard it here first, straight from the horse's mouth. And that's we it. out. Peace.